For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. We have been talking we, uh, about the, ooh, I guess it's, it was prompted by the news stories about North Carolina, Bruce Springsteen canceling his concert and conventions leaving and uh, just the, the, the national backlash against uh, laws that define who can use a bathroom. <laughs> That's the North Carolina one. So I was talking about the Panama Papers, about fair tax, and how the world is really run. But I, you know, it's not totally unrelated in that I find that these issues often are setups. So when the Religious Freedom Act came through the pipe, Here in Georgia, I said, hey, I personally think that on your private property, you should be able to admit or not admit anybody you want in your organization, in your club, even if it's not a religious organization. I don't like that. I've been discriminated against from in clubs with that did have economic value. Like when I went to Harvard, the men's clubs and stuff, I knew those guys were all trading jobs between, you know, their father's companies. And I had absolutely no access to that. And I've been discriminated against in other uh, similar ways that have real impact. However, I do not begrudge people the right to, to strictly control their own private property. So if a church wants to deny Anybody for any reason, if if everybody in that if that it's a voluntary organization and it's on private property, I have no problem. I mean, I, it's not that I have no problem with it. I have no right to demand that they associate with people they don't want to associate with. However, I think that these laws are a a setup, a trap to create problems, to draw national attention, backlash. I do feel that in many ways. The South over the past couple of years has really been targeted in what I consider to be, uh, you know, operations designed for an agenda purpose. And by us, you know, even in this conversation, people are demanding that I take a stand on what uh, what I think the rules should be in a bathroom. (laughs) And I'm telling you, I think the rules should be whoever owns the building the bathroom's in should decide the rules. And uh, and that the the they they should provide. I assume that they are, will completely go out of business if customers have to use bathrooms on their facility and are not safe or comfortable in those bathrooms. So, 
I, I think the problem is that as we've lost sight of the true, absolute nature of private property and the necessity of having government in as few uh, you know, industries as, as possible, I don't even think they should run the airports or the roads then you understand that the that these conflicts arise because we're all trying to decide for everyone because we've stipulated that that the government has the right to tell us what to do on our private property i'm going to go to laura in woodstock hi laura you're on with monica hey you said something earlier that you thought uh, government should get out of the business of marriage essentially um i'm just wondering and it's not that i dispute that assertion how what then protections are offered to the children of marriages, of the children of relationships? Well, since the contract, if the government's not in the business of marriage, how does it? Well, it could. It's it is in the business of enforcing contracts. So you would just have a contract, and you could have, uh, you know, contract A or contract B or whatever. I mean, you are certainly entitled to have contracts, and uh, if somebody is a parent. I think there's well-established law that has nothing, you know, it's beyond being married. If you're the parent, you have obligations. I understand that, but so much of the law is defined by the marriage relationship. You know, um, for instance, it doesn't matter in some states who the actual father of a child is. The man who is married to the woman, his name is on the birth certificate, period. Um, Yeah, but you you shouldn't, I mean, that's, I, I... you could go through all that stuff and and make it voluntary. Like the mother is having the child and she could say whether she wants somebody on that birth certificate or not or who she wants to name and maybe he has to consent or dispute just like any legal obligation. It, it just seems to be a... It's easier to have norms. I will give you that, which is why it's arisen. But when they start doling out actual privileges to people based on their marital status, they're often tax privileges or like social security privileges. Those things encourage marriage relationships, which benefit society as a whole. Now, that's the difference between you and me. I don't think that society as a whole has a say. I'm an individualist, not a collectivist. So if other people make decisions that don't make the world a better place for me, as long as they're not touching me or my stuff or telling me what I can and cannot do in my own uh, you know, in my own arm's length transactions, I really have no right to assess what the right incentives are for setting up laws that tell other people how they can associate with each other. It's not defining how people can associate with each other. It's for the protection of people who can't protect themselves. Like whom? Children, can, children cannot protect themselves. The marriage relationship helps protect children who do not have the ability to do that for themselves. It also it benefits society as a whole in that the more children who grow up in marriage... I agree with that. I agree with that. And let me tell you this. Having the government involved in this stuff has done more harm than good in that they went and deliberately destigmatized welfare in minority communities, which had a devastating effect on family and marriage. So the government 
participation in all this stuff and trying to make a better society has these consequences that they are not working. No government at this point, in my opinion, is really working to make a better society. What they're working for is to justify their own existence. So they don't really want peace and prosperity. They don't really want what's good for us. They want what makes us need them more. So it's nice to think that in a society, and that's why I like states' rights, not federal laws. You can have your own community. You can, I'm not going to tell you what to do at that level. I'm probably not going to live in a community whose laws I don't agree with, but I, I don't think you can, I don't think it's the place of government to decide what laws best and sent uh, uh, social cohesion. But I, but children, to the extent their rights are violated, they are not being protected. They're either being abused or, uh, that somebody is not, uh, fulfilling the obligation to support them they could have a cause of action on their own but who's, who's going who's going to to bring that up for the you know i have to say when i became an anarcho-capitalist when i finally realized that the government that the society is self-ordering one of the last things i had to come to terms with was how to protect the children and my conclusion was i mean I, i've heard more people uh tell me stories of the injustice that was met, the harm done to children from uh, government protective services than, than the good done. So to the extent you think... I don't dispute any of that, and I'm, and I'm talking less about the changes in law in the last 50 years than in the, the traditional idea of marriage that was that existed before any marital law existed. I'm married. I'm faithfully married. I agree with it. I just don't think that the government should dole out privileges based on that. That's all. I mean, it's just a different law. I know you're, you're, you're frustrated, but I'm just a libertarian. Privileges. What? You know, how, how, how did, okay. Um, Tax laws, federal benefits, that's what justifies all of these laws, is that the government says we own property, you know, we own the airport, so everybody has a right to it. We give tax privileges to married, marriage, married couples, so everybody has a right to decide what that means. We give spousal benefits, so uh, the feds have to decide what determines a spouse. The, you know, I'm a pure, hardcore libertarian because... All of these things take away your liberty because all of a sudden everybody in society has a right to say what you do with yourself. Like I heard Bloomberg say, we need to ban sugary drinks now that we have Obamacare because your health comes out of my pocket. And that's where it heads. And I know it's kind of extreme to go back to the marriage thing. But even my father, who is as traditional as could be, asked me not to get a marriage license when I was getting married as a statement that the government has no right to tell to give me permission or withhold permission to marry my husband. So what happens when your husband just wants to walk away? He does. That's what happens now. (laughs) And he can because there's welfare. What happens to your children? Then you have a cause of, if you have a cause of action, if that, if there is an obligation that he's supposed to take care of that kid, you have a cause of action. It's, uh, he owes you money and, uh, or he, he is obliged to take care of that kid. It's, it doesn't stop anything to make the government encourage or discourage marriage, but it's really, it's just a viewpoint of what you think 
the proper role of government is. And I say that when you empower governments who tell people to uh, to intentionally manipulate people's behavior, you reduce the collective value anyway, because individual decision making optimizes uh, what what the value to each individual and collectively you end up with a better outcome. I, I cannot say that what's happening in the government today is for our own good or even is meant to be. But let's continue this after the break. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. High today of 61, tomorrow's high 65. Weekend weather brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. And we are having a lively conversation. Uh, last up was, I want to get uh, the government out of marriage. I think it would solve the problems. Th- certainly the federal government. Uh, but I want to know, I mean, I'll, I'll take any calls. My my libertarianism is uh, <laughs> it's a lightning rod right now. I'm going to Anthony and Marietta. Hi, Anthony. You're on with Monica. Hey, Monica, how you doing? Good, how are you doing? I think you might be my hero, but I'm not sure yet. i got to listen to your show some more. Okay, but, well, I hope you do. Yeah, I love your libertarian bent. But um, just real quickly, a lot of people think the, the divorce rate is too high, but it's not really. It's where it's supposed to be. What's too high is the marriage rate, because the government got involved in marriage. They make marriage much more accessible. I think in Nevada they got like a marriage drive-through. But before that, <laughs> You had to go to your religious leader, and he would counsel you to make sure you were equally yoked, blah, blah, blah. But the government will marry anybody, a Christian and a Muslim, or whatever. It doesn't matter. So what, ha- what happened, it raised the marriage rate artificially, and that's why the divorce rate is high. Anthony, you're blowing my mind. I mean, I'm a thinker, and I have never thought of that. It's genius. Yeah, and, and I was listening to the lady that called you. I think she was before me, and she said, well... The government being involved in marriage is good for society, and it has the exact opposite effect. I have a friend of mine, and I was telling him, I said, man, if, if it was the way it was before the government got involved, it pro- you probably would have never been married. He just went to a real messy divorce. It was real ugly. I said, you probably would have never been allowed to get married. He was an atheist. He was an atheist. Yes, he probably should have never been married, dude. My my father used to say that kind of thing that like you have to have a sense. I guess he was you know I don't think my parents were uh, always happy. They had nine kids and it was stressful. And he was like, man, if you don't think that you have a higher obligation, why would you stick around? Which is why he always said don't don't live together first. Like you have to have you don't understand the level of commitment that is required. And uh, I I do. You know, it's funny because when I got married, I thought I, I was like the only one I knew who really took it seriously. I was like, I don't believe in divorce, so I got to take this seriously. Right, right, right. You see, the, the government don't care. They just hand it out through drive through And if you don't like it, get divorced five minutes later. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Just do what you want to do. And it just it artificially inflated the marriage rate, and that's why the divorce rate is so high. That is so interesting. I'd never thought of that. I also did wonder why... Gay couples would even want to get married. Why to get why to get all caught up? I wondered if the the lawyers were behind it. That they divorce lawyers wanted to increase the pie, the size of the pie. Uh, great thoughts. Let's continue this conversation. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK or tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. All I want to 
wanted to do was talk about uh, the Panama Papers and the deep state and what I really think is going on at the top of the pyramid. And I guess that's going to have to wait because a very lively discussion emerged uh, about the libertarian principles behind the government staying out of marriage, private property, solving almost all of these problems of how to define a bathroom, you know, like uh, as soon as we started saying the government could tell us what to do on our private property, then we had to define uh, how, you know, you had to had to classify people, you have to label people, you have to get involved in what they do. And um, I was saying earlier, just like Obamacare, Mayor Bloomberg in New York actually cited Obamacare for the reason he had the right to ban sugary drinks, which, of course, would lead to NutraSweet consumption, which I don't think is better for you. It was just it's just there's no stopping it. So, of course, I go to the extreme original position of getting the government out of all of this stuff. And uh, and I stand by it. I'm going at Don and McDonough. Hi, Don. You are on with Monica. Hello. Hey, Don. How are you doing? Uh, I just, I'm World War II soldier, 92, a little bit of hard of hearing, so you have to put up with me. Uh, who are you voting for at this time? Are you voting uh, Republican or Democrat? I usually register uh, at, I always registered as a Republican so I could vote for Ron Paul in the primary, and the, that goes the same for Rand Paul, even though he withdrew, he was on the ballot. But in in the general election, I always vote for the libertarian candidate because I want my voice to be heard. <laughs> I can understand that, but the thing is, after having one educated idiot in as a liar in the office for eight years, are the people going to put in the female idiot? Yes, they are. Oh my God! <laughs> yes, they are. And uh, to you know, I think that. The Republicans are so corrupt at this point that in order to do the bidding of the military industrial complex of the cronies who pay them off to get bombs dropped and to make sure that we have a budget deficit so that we can keep paying interest to banks. I think they at the very top, I'm talking about the real hardcore uh, power brokers up there would rather have Hillary in the White House than a Republican because they don't care if it's a D or an R. They need to deliver to their cronies, and they can do that while she keeps the anti-war left silent or while she cites a mandate for bigger government. They can dole out those government contracts as as well as the Democrats can. That's how bad I think it is. Well, it's just, it just makes me sick. I, I spent my youth, 18 to 21, in the service, 42 to 46, I was lucky. I had two brothers in, one in the Navy, one the Merchant Marine. And it just it, it makes me sick to think that people, after watching for the first four years, would put that idiot back in again. I know. And I'll tell you, Don, my father was, was a World War II vet. He was in the Navy. He went in at the end, but he was in the Pacific Theater. And he was, he would warn me. So he was I'm the youngest of nine, so I, I was like a generation off. He, he was like close to the age of my friend's grandparents. But he would warn me he saw this coming for years. Like he would say this stuff like the government has no business in marriage long before these issues came up. And, and he would just say there is no stopping the government. You cannot let them get there, put their finger in any pie. You cannot trust them at all. And he also saw... 
the cultural see this is the problem i personally don't have a problem with organic cultural change just because uh i'm straight doesn't mean i want to tell other people how to live uh, same thing with immigration. I have no inherent problem with uh, with other cultures. If people choose to come here because they don't like their culture and they want to take part in our hardworking, free society, I'm fine with that. It's when the government actually makes laws like the 1965 Immigration Act and things like that that are designed to change the culture so that people lose sight of those economic and personal liberties, of the importance of the American experiment, of the uh, of what we're defending here, when they're deliberately manipulating uh, the culture, that's when, uh, and my father saw that coming, that's, that's when I get disgusted too, because I feel like our government is what I now call a pathocracy, where it no longer works for us, but it works against us. Well, Monica, I appreciate talking to you. I'll give you one little story. After I came out of the service, I went and made an application for a job, and this young fellow says, uh, Sir, uh, it's the U.S. Army Air Force. I says, it wasn't in 1942. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I do. I knew that the Air Force... talking to me. I hope the Democrats are slushed down a sewer. Well, Hillary should be put into pillory. Well, thanks for the call, Don, and thank you for holding. Um, No, I definitely think that if you get a Democrat in there, you're just going to have two feet on the pedals of the welfare and the warfare state and no feet left for the brakes. That's for sure. I'm going to Joe in Snellville. Joe, you're on with Monica. Hey, Monica. Thanks for taking my call. Um, This is a great conversation you've been having, and I'm excited to be a part of it. But I absolutely agree with everything. Uh, that you've been saying. I think the government uh, doesn't need to be involved in any of the institutions that you've been talking about, like marriage and education, uh, even transportation. But I just wanted to ask your opinion, how do we get the government out of these institutions? Because, I mean, that's such a big bureaucracy at this point. Everything is being controlled by the government. Uh, I you know, think... Like, they're actually, I w- I've been thinking about this in a different realm, but it totally applies here. Yeah. Uh, it's that I feel like all you have to do is allow uh, competition, allow right. opting out. So if you if you wanted them out of, uh, you know, the, the money business, that's that's where it all comes down to, like the Fed. If you just allow competition, like gold coins or whatever, but you can't because they're like taxes on buying gold and you just you can't use it as a medium of exchange. This is why I kind of smell a rat with Bitcoin, why they're letting it happen. There has to be, you know, there has to be an end game with that. But I think if you could just opt out, if you could just opt out. I remember watching a guy's house burn down on TV and he said... It's a volunteer fire department, and you can either opt in and pay or opt out. And I just never thought they'd let my house burn down. And the fire department showed up <laughs> and hosed off all the surrounding houses and let us out. Ha- and, and I'm 100% confident that nobody ever didn't pay the fire department ever again <laughs> in <Right>. that town. <laughs> right. So what about, like, with education? Because, I mean, every state has oh. multiple state universities, but they also have private institutions. You know, I graduated from a private Christian school. Um, but that would be where, you know, private industry is competing against the government, but the government just is 
way overpowering it, I feel like. Yeah, I got a full scholarship to Harvard as a transfer student from a community college, so I can attest to the fact that private money is there, and and Harvard's worth many, many billions of dollars. I know the money is in those places. I personally, and and I've thought a lot about this lately too, uh, believe that the government should spend zero money on education, and I would say especially higher education because what it does is it indiscriminately allows people, encourages people, just like Anthony said about marriage, it encourages people to go to college who shouldn't. And then right. what you have is, right, they're not actually even discriminated against with respect to their majors, so they're, it's a moral hazard. They're taking loans on, that they can never pay back, whereas if they had to go to a bank and prove that they would be able to pay it back, they would only go to school for the majors that would pay back. They'd only go to school if they were going to uh, be able to, you know, assess to be able to get a job. So then people wouldn't go to college and they would get other jobs that made more sense. There would be no unemployment. There would be no um, this demand for outside labor, immigration visas. There would be no student debt crisis. I really think all they have to do is just stop. But you're right. The vested interests won't let it go. Right. What else you got? Okay, no, keep that's going. it. Thanks, Monica. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I wasn't trying to get in your face, Joe. Thank you for calling. I just, I feel like, yes, if they're invested interest, they're not going to, uh, they're not going to back away easily. But ultimately, I guess the answer is there has to be a will. People have to understand the ideas. That's why I won't back down when I say government has to get out of marriage. You have to understand the ideals. What what are we telling, what are we employing government to do, what can we all agree on? Collective defense, dispute resolution, I would say, is, you know, the the basic fundamentals of the American experiment. And uh, and that would eliminate a lot of the problems. I am going to go to uh, Doc well, in Atlanta. Hi, there. Doc. Uh, you're on with Monica. Uh-oh. I don't think Doc is hearing me, so I'm going to go to Tom in Atlanta. Hi, Tom. You're on with Monica. Yes, Monica, uh, thank you. I am uh, happen to be driving through uh, Atlanta and picked up your show. I'm up, up in Florida. Um, I'm a mid-70s uh, semi-retired engineer with eight grandchildren, and I happened to ask one of the national candidates at a, a function uh, several months ago and uh, about an issue, and it's related to what you all were talking about, but it kind of skirted the issue. Uh, but first I want to say I kind of take a little issue with what the gentleman suggested about um, the government uh, promoting people to get married that shouldn't. Actually, a lot of people would argue that some of the perverse welfare rules uh, and support rules um, even uh, keep some people from getting married because they, you know, they gain. Uh, the that system. is true. That that but, I but do. I, but I want to get to my major Go. issue, my Go. major point. Go. In the mid '60s, when we were coming out of college, I had gone up in the deep south and seen a lot of poverty and all, and everybody was so hopeful about the Great Society program, the War on Poverty. And it was had such great expectations. Well, we happened to move up north in the service for a couple of years and saw even more poverty, particularly in, you know, ghetto-type areas and so forth, inner cities and so forth. But nevertheless, since that time, with the expanded welfare program, of course, there have been some other societal issues that have impinged on it, but would anybody want to hazard a guess as to how many babies have been born out of wedlock? Huh. If I were to say five to ten million, most people would yawn. Now I'll tell you the truth, and you will have trouble Googling this number. You have to aggregate it on your own. The government, I don't think, wants you to know it. Between 40 and 50 million babies have been born out of wedlock. 
mostly to white families because there's so many more white people and Hispanics and the blacks. Unfortunately, it has devastated the black family unit. Now we're, you know, we're in the second and third generation of fatherless babies and three out of four babies are born out of wedlock. It's just been tragic for them. And what do you think has led to the chaos, the school dropout rate, the high drug use, the uh, crime, street violence, social unrest, incarceration, recidivism, and uh, joblessness, and ultimately what they're calling uh, income inequality. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you, Tom. I have to go to a break, but I would say all that was intentional and foreseeable to create government dependence and a weakening of the family unit as a touchstone for, uh, you know, to augment personal power. I'll be right uh, back after the break. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. 77 the forecast high for Monday as the work week begins, but that could change. So stay tuned to WSB for weekend weather brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. Eric in Atlanta, I am going to give you the last word. You have like a minute. Go. Okay, Monica, thanks. Uh, first time listening to your program, and I just wanted to say it's great to have a libertarian voice on the radio. Uh, and in response to a caller that you had a few minutes ago, uh, he asked how we go about this. How do we get the government out of our day- daily lives? And uh, I just want to say I-, I think the answer to that is education. Uh, it's education on the libertarian principles. Um, I think I'm a perfect example of that, a lifelong Republican up till about 10 years ago. And uh, 10 years ago, I was in a political discussion uh, with a friend of mine, and uh, they asked me uh, one simple question. He said, what good does the federal government do for you being involved in your everyday life? And uh, as I said, you know, actually nothing. And he said, it sounds like to me you identify more with the Libertarian Party than Republican Party. And I think as long as we continue to spread this message and uh, talk about the principles and educate others, I think the Libertarian Party is actually larger than what most people realize. And I think more Republicans are starting to identify with us on a, on a daily basis. Uh, excellent, excellent, excellent way to end the show, Eric. Thank you very much. I uh, I agree with that, and I think the proof of that was the tremendous showing Ron Paul got in the primaries last time around to the point where there was many there were many reports of fraud. Uh, he he got it was a very close three way race in Iowa. He got forty percent of the vote in Virginia. He um, he just was cleaning up, and I think it it made the establishment freak out, which is why I think they somehow figured out how to give us this complete free-for-all this time around so nothing like that could happen again but we've got to keep working on it eric and i do continue this conversation twitter at monica perez show on facebook i post my podcast and have discussions on my blog the monica perez here every saturday from three to six for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.